number 2, verse 1 through to verse number 2. Sounds good to be on chapter 2, hey? After four months, I think, or if not five months of chapter number 1. But after excess anger had subsided, okay, this is still the same guy, Ahasuerus, um, he began thinking about Vashti and what she had done and the decree he had made. So his personal attendance suggested, let us search the empire to find beautiful young virgins for the king. So lesson number 18, chapter number 2, verse 1 and 2. Move on. Move on. Move on. You see, it is very difficult as reading, uh, in preparation for this, for this message, I was reading why it is very difficult for people who are in abusive relationships to move on. And they've got so many reasons why it is very difficult for a person to move on. Um, the attachment that is there with the person, the history that you have with the person. And sometimes um, it is very difficult for a person to move on, move on from a place. If I'm to ask you, most of you, you are in the same uh, neighborhood or same area that you, you lived in for the past, I don't know how many years, because it is difficult for you to just move on. So when you're looking for a house, you just look for a house in the East Rand area. You see, so you can be 20 years, 30 years, because people don't want to move on and experience uh, the other world. So generally, people are comfortable in a place, and they don't want to then explore other places. So you're stuck in one place, not necessarily because there are not so many good places out there, uh, but because of the attachment that you have to that particular place. So it is very difficult for people to move on. Change is always difficult. You see, because every time you change, you lose. Okay? Every time you change, you lose something. But what you lose, in most cases, cannot be compared to what you stand to gain to make the change. All right, so it is very difficult for people to move on. You know, you lose a spouse, uh, a spouse dies, even though the word of God gives you the freedom to move on. It's very difficult for you to just move on like that because of the attachment that you have, um, you know, with that particular person, the bond that you had built with that particular person. So it is very difficult to just generally move on. Okay, it is difficult for people to move on. Very difficult for people to move on. So now, Vashiti has left the palace. A decree has been made by the king that she should not at any given time get into the presence of God ever again and that there should be a replacement. Now after all that, that the Bible says on verse number one, the king is thinking and remembering about the Vashiti who is no longer in the palace, okay? His anger had subsided. He began thinking about Vashti, right? Not only thinking about what she had done in the negative sense, but also the very things that she had done, which were good, okay? And also the decree that he had made after the negative that she had done. So when he was at that state, 
it was not a very good state. How do we know that? Verse number two helps us to understand verse number one. Right? So it was not something that was uh, just a mere thought, but it was something that was wearing the king down. It was something that was robbing the king of his joy. He was not happy because of what had happened. He had lost his wife. He had lost the queen. So the king is not in a very good state. Okay? Are you, are you with me? The king is not in a good state. So the attendants then came and said to the king, you know what? There is no need for you to continue in this state. You need to move on. All right? What has happened has happened. Is that Mr. Sibanda there? Is that you? Good to see you, man. Ah, today is amazing. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, Mr. Sibanda and his wife, um, we visited them uh, during lockdown. Um, some, I think it was Norbert, we shared a link in another group, got that message. And I was shocked when I went to their house. That was somewhat three months now? Is it about three months ago? They had listened to all the messages after getting a hold of the message of grace. They listened to all the messages that I have been preaching for the past three years. I think they listened to them in three months. At that particular time, they said, except the marriage classes that you were teaching. But otherwise, we have listened to all your messages. That you, so they're up to date. Okay. Good to see you. The wife just got blessed with a baby girl. And uh, having followed the Esther series, then she called the beautiful girl Hadassah. Okay? So it's a blessing. It's a blessing to, it's a blessing to have you. Uh, God bless you. God bless you. All right. Now we move on. It's always important to move on. So, so they said, you know what? You have to move on. You cannot, you cannot be at this place where you are angry over what Vashiti did. And you cannot be at this place where you are stuck in your mind and in your heart with a person. That even if you want, it is impossible for her to ever be in your presence again. So in other words, Vashiti is dead, forever separated from you. She can never be in your presence because of the decree that you made. So king, there is no need for you to waste your time worrying over spilled milk. It is time for you to move on. Say to somebody next to you, move on. You know, a lot of things happened in your life. You know, you, you, you got disappointed. Some people are married, but they are married again. Okay? They are married to the person they are married with today, but they are still married to a person that they divorced many years ago. Or the person who died many years ago. Because it is possible to be married to another person and still be stuck in the past and then just begin to think, if I had gotten married to that boyfriend of mine who dumped me, it could have been beautiful, I think. All right? So the person is married, but they are still stuck in the past. Okay? So moving on is actually moving on. Okay? Moving on is moving on. 
You were hurt, you need to move on. You were disappointed, you need to move on. Things did not work out the way you wanted, but you need to move on. Moving on is part of life. Your spouse disappointed you, cheated on you in that relationship, right? Move on. Okay? If you want to enjoy your marriage, you have to learn to move on. Okay? You don't want to be there, but you are stuck, you know, with that mistake that your spouse made. Whether it was a mistake or not, well, it's a story for another day. But the most important thing, if you need to progress in your life, you have to learn to move on. Okay? You just have to learn to move on. Moving on is part of life. You see, it is actually dangerous to stay in a relationship where you have not moved on. Can I say this? It is dangerous to stay in a relationship where you have not moved on, but you are still physically married. Sometimes divorce is the best. I just have to say it. <clears throat> because in case you are divorced... What's the point? I know you have never heard this from me, but I want you to know that what I'm saying to you is by the Spirit of God. Alright? It's good for you. What's the point of staying together when you have divorced already? It's to please who? Because we are enjoying our lives. You are stuck. We are good. And you are like, I don't know what people will think. You see, do you know that you can be 50 years in marriage when you are not married? All right, I'm just passing through that. All right, and we can come to celebrate the years, not the marriage. Because those are two different things. There's a difference between what is written on a paper that is registered somewhere else and what is in your heart. They say to me, God, God, with their mouth, but their hearts, they are not with me. So marriage is a heart thing. It is a heart relationship. It is not what is in the pay, on the paper. It's not about your children. It's about you. Move on. Right? But you know what? Divorce is not the solution. Because you can be divorced and get married, but it does not mean you have moved on. You get it? So divorce is not the solution because you can be, there are many people who have been divorced, but they are still bitter. They don't want to hear anything about marriage. They say, you know, true love does not exist. You know, the movement, sometimes men are dogs, right? Have you ever heard that? Men are dogs, men are dogs, men are dogs, men are dogs, right? Fueled by people who failed to move on from someone who messed them up and they think everybody is like that. We are not like that. Just move on from that thinking, embrace the new way of thinking, and you'll find a man who is not a dog. Okay? But the reason why you usually find men who are dogs is because your mind is not yet renewed. That's why you attract dogs, because your mind thinks dog. Okay, I'm just passing through there. That's not really... But well, it's my message. Okay? You have to learn to move on. Don't, don't, don't be stuck. You know, your husband did something to you uh, 20 years ago. You're still stuck there. 20 years ago, this is what happened. Come on. Come on. Who wants to, be st to stay with a person 
who always reminds them about what happened 20 years ago. Move on. So these guys came and said, you know what, king, you need to move on. Vashiti is no longer in the palace. How about you go for the Fijians in the land? Choose one. You are a king after all. Move on. Okay? Who are you cheating, actually? <laughs> you... Okay. So now, yeah. Let's get to work. Three churches. These are three churches. By the way, church is not really a spiritual word. It just means uh, an assembly. But there's a church of Jesus Christ, and they can just be a church. Okay? So don't be fooled by every place or any place that calls itself church. Okay? So these are three churches that you find in the world. Number one, there is the Old Testament church. Number two, there is a mixed testaments church. Number three, there is the New Testament church. So there is the Old Testament church. Then there is, now the Old Testament church is not the most dangerous one. Okay? The Old Testament church is not the most dangerous one. It's actually okay. Because you can easily identify that it is Old Testament. How do you identify an Old Testament church? Because an Old Testament church does not recognize Jesus. Okay? That's Judaism. It does not uh, recognize Jesus. Okay? A mixed church, that's the most dangerous church. And I think a lot of churches fall under mixed testament church. Now, this one now, very subtle, okay? It's, uh, it's of people who are having a problem moving on from Old Testament to New. Okay? So, they want a bit of the old, but at the same time, they want the new. So it's like a, a woman who got divorced and got married but still stuck in her mind with the old guy. So he would treat or she would treat the new guy as if the new guy is the old guy. Okay, so if he had trust issues with the old guy, she will have trust issues with the new guy. Not because the new guy has shown anything that is worth suspicion. But simply because you were hurt before and everyone that you are going to meet, it becomes a suspect. Okay? Everybody, so if you were cheated at the church where you were, when you come to another church, you just think we are all suspects. Okay? So if there was a prophet who lied to you, when you come and then you think we are all liars. Okay? So that is a mixed church. So there is a moving on that has happened, but there isn't really a moving on that has happened. So there is confusion. So a mixed church, this is the kind of church where if it is Ahasuerus, he gets married to Esther, but he has got, he sees Esther as Vashiti. Okay? Praise God. Preaching good? Moving on. It can be a daughter being raised by a father, and the father is abusive to the mother, right? And now she gets married to some other guy, but she treats the other guy as if the other guy is like the father who was abusive to the mother. Okay? So if the, the mother abandoned and left them, she always looks at this one as a suspect who at any given time will leave and abandon. So they begin to have money on the side that is known by the other to prepare for a future that is without the guy. So you become a suspect in your own house. 
not, not because you are a suspect, but simply because somebody failed to move on from how they were brought up. Okay? I met another lady. Well, I always meet a lot of people with my wife. So this lady came and says, Pastor, I'll never get married. Men, no, no way. Then, so she was like that. Every time she's talking to people, she's like that. I'll never get married. Men are like this. I'll never get married. Men are like this. Then one guy came and says, you know what? I really like that girl, but hey, she's, she's always saying, you know, I don't want to get married. Then I said, you know what? I know what she says, but I know what is in her heart. She has not moved on from the head, from the father. But actually, deep down, she wants to get married, and she's looking for a husband. All right, so they got married. Now they're living an amazing, very good marriage. Okay, because we have to help the girl. It says, this guy is not the, your, your father. He <laughs> said, when I got married to my wife, not in the bed, so she always said, yeah, my dad, my dad. I said, you know what, You're, I'm not your dad. I'm, I'm not your dad. I am Dan. I'm completely different from your father. So I do things differently. Okay, so you are not married to your father after all. All right. You have to move on. Even if he was good, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, let's, let's say he was good. Praise God. But I'm better. How about you let go and embrace the new that has come? Rather than for you to be stuck in the old that has passed away. Come on. So this guy says, you know what, King, you have to move on. Don't be stuck. Move on. So mixed testaments church is a church that embraces the law and at the same time want the benefits of grace. So they say that we get into the kingdom by the grace of God and we are kept in the kingdom by the law of Moses. So they feel like the law has to have a, a place in the New Testament. There is no way the law can just be abolished and be rendered obsolete. There is no way because the law is also part of this book. So as long as it is in there, it should be relevant. You see, there is a part of your Bible that is now useless. Let me repeat that. There is a part of your Bible that is now useless. You, you just have to come to a place where you, you know it. Okay? It's true what I'm telling you. There is a part of your Bible that is useless. I want to repeat it because I know you don't like to hear it. Some of you, you think I'm in error. I'm not in error. I want to repeat it for the last time. There is a part of your Bible that is now useless. The quicker you get that, the better your life will be. You are no longer sacrificing animals. That part on, on your, in your Bible, it's now useless. You are not circumcised on the eighth day. That part of the Bible, it's now useless. You are not there. It doesn't apply to you. When you read it, it can only become useful when you are putting the lenses of the New Testament. And you're like, oh, they were doing this in the Old Testament. Thank you, Jesus, for making yourself the sacrifice. For the new. 
That is the only time it becomes relevant. Otherwise, you know what? It is useless. The Spirit of the Lord would come and go, come and go. That part is now useless. You have to move on. Why is it a lot of prophets made money out of people? Or us, let me say us. A lot of prophets made money out of us because they used the parts that are no longer useless. And they shared them, and you thought they are in the New Testament because they mentioned the word Jesus. And you did not realize that these people are preaching a mixed testament kind of gospel where when it suits them jesus is the way and now no when it yeah jesus is the way and when it suits them again the following day they say well but before you get to jesus you need a man of god so it's man of god then jesus very subtle it's mixed luke chapter 5 this is this is why it is difficult to move on Look at Luke chapter 5, verse 39. I know you guys don't have it. Can you put it up for me? Luke chapter 5, verse 39, quickly. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new. The old is just fine, they say. Comfort. After drinking new wine, ah, so, ah, no, the, uh, old, ah, the old is just fine, you see. Because your test buds, they are, they are used to the old. So every time you bring new, then new, well, I don't really know whether it is like this or like this. Well, the old is better. So you go back to the old. And you continue in the old with a little bit of new. They say, Jesus says, a little yeast leavens the, a little yeast so you see what happens? <clears throat> when you have a greater part, let, let me put it this way, just, just to make it nice. When you've got the greater part of the New Testament and you put a little, oh, thank you. I married right, eh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you have got the Old Testament, <clears throat> The devil is a liar. All right. So when you've got this New Testament and you put in a little bit of the old, it's called mixture and it leavens. Because when he talked about the, 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 the yeast, the Bible says he was referring to the teachings of the Pharisees. Now, Jesus comes now, Matthew chapter number 9. Can I have Matthew chapter number 9, please, quickly? Uh, I'm sure it's on verse, what? Is it verse 11, verse 14? Yeah. One day, the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why don't your disciples fast like we do? And the Pharisees do. You see, they are putting themselves in the same category with them and the Pharisees. I'm not really talking about fasting, but I'm just going to hit something quickly as I go. Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them. And then they will fast. Okay? When the groom is taken away, what will happen? Go, go back, go back, go back, go back. Jesus replies, do guests mourn? 
Take note of that. Not fast. Mourn. While celebrating with the groom. Of course not, but some, someday the groom will be taken away from them and they will mourn. They will fast. Next verse. Besides, who would patch the old cloth, clothing with new cloth? So what is the cloth, the garment is the old, the patch is the new. So the, so the, the garment, when you look at the garment, you actually see the garment is called Old Testament. Paged with a little bit of new. Especially when it's about getting saved, there's a little bit of new. Jesus is the way, there's a little bit of new. But otherwise, what you live by is the old. Okay, so the garment is called the old. It's not called the new with the old. It's the old with a little bit of the new. It's a mixed testament church. It's a problem that they had in the Old Testament where Paul says there are other men who have crept in among us who are trying to take us back to the old because they cannot just believe that the new is sufficient and it's enough. They, they have moved on, but they have not moved on. So they have not moved on. Okay. For the new patch would shrink and rip uh, away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. So back to that, the, the, the groom will, they will fast when the groom has departed. Just quick, uh, so that I just hit one thing down, then, then I go. Now, did the groom depart? Yes, he did. He did. When he died, he departed. It was for 50 days and he came back. So he departed for 50 days and they mourned. And after 50 days, he came back and they stopped mourning. And they started enjoying because the groom is now with us forever. We don't have a Jesus who sometimes comes back and goes. We have a Jesus who is in us forever. This is called the New Testament. We don't call on him. So Old Testament, mixed, mixture, mixture, praise for a new, uh, create in me a cleaner heart. That's kind of mixture. Now we don't pr pray to God to create a, you know, create in me a new heart because he already created in me a new heart. We don't pray, do not let your spirit depart from me because he says, I will be with you forever. So you will find that in the mixed testament church. Okay? Okay. We're going we're gonna to go through quite a number of things. Um, Hebrews chapter 8 verse 13. So that I use my box and then move on. You can see my box? Okay, let me put it here. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means he has made the first one absolute. Now, to be made absolute, it's, it simply means it is no longer in use. It does not mean it was bad. No, it's just no longer in use. It's just outdated. So it was good. The law was good. The law was holy, but it's no longer in use. Okay? The Old Testament, it was good. It was fine, but no longer in use. It means he made the first one absolute. Okay? It is now out of date. Now he's speaking, he's writing to the Hebrews. Now this book was written before AD 70. I want you to take note of this. This is important. It was written before AD 70. They believe that it was written around AD 65 thereabout. Okay? 
Now, Paul, well, I, I, I think it's Paul who wrote, so I'll just call him Paul. Paul says, it is now out of debt. It's there. Right? But it was already made absolute. Right? No longer useful. It's outdated. And will soon disappear. It, it had not disappeared. And he says, it will soon disappear. So we cannot preach it today as if it will soon disappear now. He says, it will soon disappear. Soon according to the time when it was written. If it is today, then it's no longer relevant. It's no longer soon. Because we are over maybe 2,000 years after it was written. So the Bible is understood in its context. Uh, you follow me? So now, it will soon disappear. So now, this was... So after Jesus made this Old Testament absolute, they continued to go to the temple to offer sacrifices. There was still a high priest. They were still offering their gods and their animals as sacrifices for their sins. So they're saying, okay, they're offering. Jesus already made it absolute. But guess what? They are still going. Don't worry. It's already outdated. Although they are still practicing, it's already outdated. And soon it will disappear. So now no, take note of this. So AD 70, what happened? This is the temple that they were using. Jesus, on the eighth day, he was circumcised. They would go to the temple for circumcision. Eighth day, every male child. So now, AD 70, the Romans came. All right? And they destroyed. These are the Romans, eh? They destroyed what? The temple. So now, there is no temple in Jerusalem. Are you getting this? There is no temple now in Jerusalem. So what he said will soon disappear. Disappeared AD 70. So now, if, if you want to be stuck to the Old Testament, now the question is, who is the current high priest? Number one, if you want to be stuck with the Old Testament, where are you taking your sacrifice as an offering? If you want, because there has to be a temple in order for there to be a sacrifice. Are you hearing me? So, so if you are in the New Testament, the church where we have, we say that he did not enter a temple that was made with human hands. Do you know what that means? Why? Because that one already destroyed. It's outdated. So he could not enter into the one that is already outdated. So, so the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments, they were found in the temple, in the Holy of Holies. Where are they now? Come on. Are, are you hearing this? My, my prayer is that you understand that when we talk about the Old Testament being outdated, even the physical things that represented that testament, they are no longer there. They disappeared. So we cannot continue in the mixture and in the confusion, whether we are in the new or we are in the old. Church, we are in the new. Move on from Eden. Eden is not a place for you. Eden was a place for Adam, not a place for a new creature. Because the Bible says Adam was made a living soul. But Jesus came and he became a life-giving 
spirit. We are not living souls. We are life-giving spirits. So we are not restored to Adam. Preaching uh, that, that tries to get us back into the garden is mixture. Move on. Move on from Eden. Move on from the physical temple. Move on from the Old Testament. There is a new testament. There is a new husband in town. Romans chapter number 7. There is a new husband and his name is Jesus. You cannot hook up with Jesus and you are cheating with the law. Having an adulterous affair with the law. Committing adultery with the law. No, I'm not talking from my head. This is the Bible. It's there. Romans chapter number 7. It's there. Jamie, I don't commit adultery. You are committing adultery. Because you still want to hook up with the law. Verse 7, chapter 8, verse 7. We're going to do a, a little bit of reading now. 8, 7. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. Are you seeing this? If the first covenant had been faultless, what we want to get hold of, it had faults. I want you to check and to see why the Bible says it had faults. It's not that it had faults. Okay? The first covenant, if the first covenant had been faultless, so if you just read this part, you would think that it had faults on its own. It didn't. There would have not been any need for a second covenant to replace it. Verse 8. Give me verse 8. See this now. Or maybe that's the fault that it had. When God found fault with the people. When God found fault with the people. So the fault of the old covenant were the people. Because the law is holy. On God's part, it is the people who broke. So the fault was not with the covenant that was made. But the people he made the covenant with. Those are the ones who had faults and made the covenant to be faulty. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. Now, I want to explain that quickly. Because someone says, well, it's Israel and Judah. Now, when Israel was brought in, right? When Israel was brought in, it was brought in as a representative of all of us. You cannot say, no, 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 me. The, 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 I was, if we were in the Ten Commandments, as South Africans. Uh -huh. Israelites, they messed up. If we South Africans were given the Ten Commandments, we're going to make it. Israel, God was like, okay, fine. Let me get a people. To be a lesson to everyone. Right? That this thing cannot be done. It is impossible. When they are doing, what do they call? The polls. They don't do polls with everyone. No, they just choose a few people. When they say women are like this, it's not because they consulted you at your house with your wife. No. They just took quite a number of women. They sat down. They did their tests. Now they are able to conclusively say, 
women are like this because they've taken them from different places, different women. That's what. So God took Israel and says, you want, I want you to represent the whole world. Okay? You are not the whole world. I want you to represent the whole world. So that when people look at the fault of Israel, they will say, no, it was not Israel. Or it was, ah, it was Israel. We could have done better. They will say, you know what? Probably Israel was better. Because even without the law, we were just breaking it. Before we even got introduced to it, we were breaking it. Without knowing it. Okay? So a new covenant, you already met. Okay, quickly. We need to move on from Mount Sinai to Calvary. We need to move on from Vashiti to Esther. Okay? From the physical temple, this one, to the spiritual temple, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. To move on, say to someone next to you, move on. Vashiti is gone. Move on. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. He entered a better. Who wants to be stuck with something that is inferior when something better is there? Move on from the shadow. Stop preaching Joseph. You know, you go to the Old Testament and you say, you know, Joseph was a prototype of Jesus. You see, Joseph then was, uh, then this happened to Joseph. And the whole sermon ends with Joseph. Joseph is the prototype. Joseph is the shadow. Okay? Not a prototype, actually. Joseph is the shadow a type of Jesus in the Old Testament. But now, why do we preach Joseph when Jesus is now there? Any normal person who says, you, you preach Joseph when Jesus is now there, and you take us to the shadow when the reality is there. You, you look at the shadow, you want to kiss the shadow, the person is there. You ignore the person, you are looking for the shadow. You're trying to find, what is it? Come on, stop the madness. There is a new covenant. Leave the shadow. Get to the real thing. Jesus is there. The Bible says, the law was a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ. Now, Christ is here. Who needs the schoolmaster? Who needs the tablets of stone when you've got a new heart? Move on. Vashiti messed up. Move on. Don't be stuck with Vashiti. I wish Vashiti was here. You know, because under Vashiti, we had things done. She could arrange the feast. Leave. She's no longer in the palace. There's already a decree. It cannot be reversed. The old is old. It faded away. It disappeared. The new is here. Who goes to the grave and resurrects the dead? That's why the Bible says when the person is dead, you are free to move on and marry another one. My friend, the sooner you move on, the better. How do you know that it's difficult for you to move on? Right, I want you to just give you one. Why, how do you know? Every time you have the guilty conscience, you have not moved on. Did I, did I say that? I think I did. 
guilty conscience wearing you down every time you are you feel so guilty guilty because of the sin that you have committed and you are there you know five minutes 20 minutes 30 days one you still i committed abortion it's still wearing you down the reason why it's wearing you down is because you are using the wrong testament to judge yourself you did not move on if you move on we don't do guilt we on the other side we don't do guilt I should say it again. We, on the other side, we don't do guilt. Because the past, the present, and future sins are already forgiven. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 1 to 4. Move on. Don't stay uh, at a place where there is mixture. One day they tell you you are blessed. The following day they say in order for you to be blessed, do something. Come on, man. What does the Bible say? He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And somebody comes and says, you know, there's a case. I see a case over your life. A case? Coming from where? Are you not the same pastor who told me I'm blessed last week? Now you are telling me you are seeing a case over me? Where is the case coming from? We don't do cases. We don't do shadow, we don't do curses, we don't do Vashti, we don't do earthly uh, tabernacle, we don't do a high priest because we already have one high priest. We don't do law, we don't do old covenant, we do new stuff. New covenant, new high priest, new temple, new tabernacle, new system. Yes, new wine, in new wine skins, new cloth. We don't mix stuff. Mixture is dangerous. More dangerous. Okay. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow. Say shadow. A dim preview. Imagine the movie is now finally out. You have the um, <laughs> you have the CD or the DVD for the movie. And, and you are just checking. You don't even get to the actual movie. You are like, hey, the preview. You are, it's on repeat, the preview. Ah, the preview. The, the, the new one is there. Says, I wonder how he got killed. Ah. What, what really happened? Oh, they say it's one hour, 30 minutes. Ah, it should be a very nice movie. You know, we need to watch this movie. You never watch it. But we need to watch this movie. The preview. Stuck there with the preview. Stuck with the preview. Say to your neighbor, don't be stuck with the preview. Who watches a preview after watching the, major, the, 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 the full movie? Who goes to the preview? The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow. The Old Testament was only a shadow. A dim preview of the good things to come. Not the good things themselves. So, the, the law is not the good things themselves. <laughs> huh? Listen to this. Not the good things themselves. So when you go to the Old Testament and the law and you are trying to, to make what is not good in itself to be good, we'll feel sorry for you. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again 
and again, year after year. But they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. So are, are, you seeing, are you seeing what you find in the New Testament? It's called perfect cleansing. Because year after year meant it's not enough. It's not enough. So the message that was preached in the Old Testament, not enough, come back after one year. Not enough, come back after one year. Not enough, we just managed to cover. You see, we just managed to cover. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not permanent. It's just for you to get to the next year without feeling condemn, uh, condemnation. So we, we have done enough. For, but if you go beyond 365 days, on the 366, that is the new year, you're already feeling condemned because you're no longer covered. You see, so, so they say, uh, this key for the antivirus is you know, free trial, 30 days. After 30 days, you're on your own. You better pay now. Year after year, year after year. But they were never able to provide perfect cleansing. Come on, thank you, Jesus, for perfect cleansing that we have. That's why ours is not year after year. Jesus died once. If you don't believe in perfect cleansing, you know what? You better believe in perfect cleansing. Because the sacrifice that brought your perfect cleansing only came once. And he went and says, I perfectly cleansed them from all unrighteousness. Come on. I perfectly cleansed them from all unrighteousness. So now, why do you do guilt? When the one who offered the sacrifice had so much confidence in his sacrifice that it will cleanse the worshippers once and for all. Next verse, please. Verse 2. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshippers would have been purified once for all time. And their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. We don't do guilt. Feelings of guilt. No, we are not saying that when you sin, you just go as if not, as something never happened. No, you know that I messed up, right? But you say, but thank you, Jesus, for the blood that cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father. You know? Then for you to be stuck 20 years, you're still feeling guilty. Come on, move on. Verse 3. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them. You see, you see what the sacrifices were doing? Reminding them of their sins year after year. Year after year. It was a reminder. So what reminder do you have? Because your sacrifice was once for all time. What reminder do you have of your sins year after year? Monday after Monday, Tuesday after Tuesday, and every time you approach God, you introduce yourself with a I am sorry, Lord. You introduce with confession. I refuse that when they taught us that. They taught that, uh, you know, it is, you first, uh, you know, you have to confess your sin. I'm like, no, man. How can I have a father? Every time I approach him, I say, I'm sorry. There are things that I did without knowing and knowing. So, I'm sorry for those. Imagine your child approaching you every time before they talk to you. Says, I, Daddy, uh, I know that I, I, I sinned. There are stuff that I've done that you don't know and others that you know. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, then, Daddy, I love you. 
I don't know when last I said I asked forgiveness from God. I don't even remember. I don't. I receive forgiveness. Because I don't ask God for forgiveness because he provided forgiveness. The issue is not the asking. The issue is the receivers. So every time I mess up, I say, God, I receive the forgiveness of my sins. I thank you because you made the forgiveness available already. Before I even asked for it, you made it available. I'm grateful for the finished work of the cross, and I move on. Next verse. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and gods to take away sins. But the blood of Jesus, it did what? Took away sins. Not possible for that one. How come you behave as if you are in the one that does not take away sins? Colossians, let's just... Uh, no, we are not ending there. I'll do Colossians, then I'll do Hebrews, then we go home. It's big Sunday today. Colossians chapter 2, verse, uh, from verse 14. Let's start on verse 14 through to verse 17. My prayer is that we move from the Mixed Testament church and go to the actual New Testament church. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. When did the cross happen? More than 2,000 years ago. He is not canceling now. He is not canceling after prayer. He is not canceling after fasting. He canceled at the cross. In this way, he disarmed spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Verse 16. Are you ready to enjoy church now? Verse 16. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink. It's there under the law. Don't eat pork. Don't eat this. This is tea. This is this. This is like this. Don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink. Or for not celebrating certain holidays or new moon ceremonies or Sabbath. Like, ah, there's a Sabbath. There's this new moon. There's this festival. Don't let people condemn you for that. This is what you tell them. For these rules are only shadows. This is, what you, this is your response. My friend, they are only shadows of the reality yet to come. Right? The way and Christ himself is that reality. Who is that reality? Come on, who is the reality? There is a shadow and there is a reality. Who is the reality? Sabbath, reality. New moon, reality. All the rules, reality. The festivals, reality. Shadows, reality is Christ. Leave the shadow. Can you... Feed the shadow. Can the shadow satisfy you in a relationship? That's why a lot of us are not satisfied because we are living in a mixed te uh, testament kind of church. Jesus says, if you drink of the water that I give you, you will never, never, not you will be thirsty and you know, next week you will come back. Jesus does not want you to come back for more. He gave you all. When he gave himself so there is no more. You will never be thirsty again. Ah. 
Now, last scripture, Hebrews chapter number 7, verse 11 to 28. Then we go home to enjoy the New Testament. We, we cannot be stuck, uh, church, we cannot be stuck where we don't know, am I blessed? Am I not? Am I healed? Am I not? Am I prosperous? Am I not? Am I above? Am I not? Am I? Ah, come on. The yo-yo kind of life should end. The yo-yo kind, the confused kind of life should end. Where do you stand? Are you in him or you are not in him? Then I saw some funny guy saying that fasting will bring Jesus in. Where is he coming from? If he's coming in. What kind of nonsense is that? Where is Jesus coming? Where is he coming from? So if you are not fasting, he's out. You bring him via fast. He's not in. He's, out. he's not in. I don't want a confused Jesus. The Jesus that I have came in once. And he says, I'm now one in you, with you. I don't even know who is me and who is you. Because if the root is holy, then the branches are holy. Give me Hebrews, please. We want to go home. You see, the people who are delaying you are the guys at the back. So if the priesthood of Levi, on which the law was best, could have achieved the perfection God intended. You see, one thing about the law is you cannot take parts of it. The moment you just say, no, we are still doing the Ten Commandments, you need to show us the temple. And your current priest. And also, we need to ask you whether your, your, your son was circumcised on the eighth day. Did you take turtle doves? Did you take a, a, a god? We, we must just do everything, people. Look, if we are to do the law, let's just do everything. So if the priesthood of Levi on which the law was based could have achieved the perfection God intended, why God need to establish a different priesthood? You see what mixture does? Mixture mi makes God confused. Who is bringing something new when something that was there was effective. Why did God need to establish a different priesthood with a priest in the order of Melchizedek instead of the order of Levi and Aaron? So this temple needed a priest to serve who was in the order of Levi and a high priest from the house of Aaron. Okay? So, Jesus, already the Bible is telling us he did not come from there. He was from the family of Judah. So, he was not supposed to be a high priest under this particular law. No, he wasn't supposed to be. There had to be a new law, a new temple, where he was going to serve, not the physical one, because the physical one needed a priest from the house of Levi and Aaron. What's, what's difficult from un understanding this? What, what is difficult? I don't see what is difficult. I don't know you. Next verse. You see, the issue is not what is difficult. The issue is what you want to hold on to. If the priesthood is changed, the law must change also to permit it. Let's go. For the priest, for the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe whose members never served at the altar as priests. What I mean is, our Lord came from the tribe of Judah and Moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe. 
This change has been made very clear since a different priest who is like Melchizedek has appeared. Jesus became a priest not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Next verse, please. I'm beginning to love to preach to this church because I think you are, you are enjoying the way I, I'm enjoying this. And the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Let's go. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. I told you about useless earlier. You thought it was me. You judged me. You looked at me. I told you there are parts of your Bible that are now useless. You did not believe me. Now the Bible says it's now useless. For the Lord never made anything perfect. So if you want perfection, forget the law. Come to the grace of God, to the New Testament, where we are all made perfect because of the finished work of the cross. But now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. Come on. This new system was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendants became priests without such an oath. Come on, Lord. But there was an oath regarding Jesus. For God said to him, the Lord has taken an oath and we will not break his vow. Not you. The Lord will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. Guess what Second Peter says? Or is it First Peter chapter 2? We have been made a kingdom of priests. Priests forever. Next verse, please. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. It's not you and your good behavior. It is Jesus who guarantees. There were many priests under the old system. For death prevented them from remaining in office. <laughs> Imagine when you have got one who does not die. If death was the one that prevented them from remaining in office, welcome to the one who does not die. There are many priests under the old system for death pre prevented them from remaining in office. Next verse, please. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever, and you are part of his priesthood. Come on, next verse, please. Therefore, he's able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. Not through their good works, but through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. So even if they say, we will not intercede for you. Ah, the reason why things are not moving here is because we are not, people are not interceding for people. Ah, I have an intercessor forever. He is the kind of a high priest we need because he is holy and blameless and unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor heaven. Unlike those other high priests, those of that, unlike those, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. 
and they come to you and say, yeah, the, the, the altar, you know, remove the ashes. We used to preach those messages. Remove the ashes from the altar. The, the fire on the altar should keep burning. Remove the ashes. Come on. Our altar, the fire long died. We don't need fire on the altar. They did this for their own sin first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for the people's sins. Last verse, verse 28. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weaknesses. But after the law was given, God, after the law, this is the new, move on. This is what God did after the law. In case you did not know what he did after the law, this is what God did after the law. He appointed his son with an oath, and his son has been made the perfect high priest forever. Come on, why not stand on your feet, give God some praise, and celebrate the goodness of God. Come on, open your mouth, make a joyful noise. This is the priest that we have forever, forever, forever. Come on, celebrate God. Celebrate God. Come on, celebrate God. This is the gospel that saves. This is the new you. This is why we say you need to move on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I want you to make a joyful noise. There's a new priest in town. Come on, there's a new priest in town. Come on, there's a new priest in town. Come on, come on, there's a new. The old has gone. Behold, everything has become new. Come on, celebrate the goodness of Jesus. Celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Celebrate the faithfulness of God once and for all. We don't do guilt. We don't do guilt. We don't do sin. We don't do sickness. We don't do pain. We don't do lack. We don't do shortage. There is a high priest forever who is sanctified forever. Woo. Come on, bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. See you next week. Same place, same time. You are blessed. Maybe just uh, be patient with me, but I'm here. I'm uh, a bringer of good news. Amen. So what I want to say here is good news. So before we take our free will offering, uh, thank you, Pastor Dan, for the word. Even when you said it's high time that we should start to bring our full band back so that we won't keep ourselves and tie ourselves in the mood of lockdown. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, uh, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the